Annalise. How are you? Hello, hello. hello ladies. How are you doing? Hi, hello, ladies. ladies. Get your tits out. <laughs> <laughs> Give the people what they want. Get your tits out. Hey, guys. What is new with all of you? I just can't wait to hear. Um, let me tell you what's new with me. My little friend, Tequila. Oh. Ooh, tequila Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Nice. She... I'm telling you. I'm enjoying my first martini of 2021. <gasps> oh, Emily's special drink. Mammy's, <laughs> Mammy's special medicine. Mm. Yeah. I, um, what about you, Millie? I am actually enjoying a crisp ice cold white wine. Let um, me guess, you've gone for a, uh, a Savvy B. Uh, it's actually a Chenin B, so... Chenin. Eat your words. Chenny, Chenny B. Guys, what do you think of white Rioja? Rioja. Are you mad? I don't know, man. Uh, what, what, I've been, what I've been wondering about is the developments... Like, what, what I thought, right, was that the developments in kind of wine quality for the layman had advanced mm. so much that now you can actually get good quality boxes of wine. Am I right? So I was literally just going to say, I've recently switched to a boxed wine and I am <laughs> loving life. <laughs> I'm loving it. And I'll tell you for why. Up until this point, boxed wine was purely for festivals, as we all know. It's the, <laughs> exactly. it's the ideal festival drink. Festivals and like 40th birthdays. It's, it's handy, sure. it's light and can also double as like a glorious pillow. <laughs> <laughs> in, like, in a tent. Maybe just any event held at like a local cricket club, get out of the box wine. 110%. <laughs> um, firstly, I get a rush that you're pouring it yourself out of a sort of like a nozzle thing. Like, yeah, to me, yeah. that's really fun. Have you got optics on yours so you can measure the measurements? I've got that on all my spirits, yeah. <laughs> so, so you can measure that it's like half a pint of wine, half a pint of wine. Yeah. Mm. Well, another thing that I like is that um, it keeps the wine fresh because of obviously the way it is. There's, there's no air going into the thing. Oh. So you can you can pour yourself a glass and then it will... It, well, the... The box says it keeps for six weeks. Huh. Now, Which is great I would because... say, I would parry, chance would be a fine thing. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I also like that uh, it takes away the kind of psychology of seeing how much is left in the bottle. You know, normally you'd be like, oh God, there's only that much left. I may as well have the, I mean, you know, you may as well finish it. Mm. Um, but you're not having any of that visual so it's a mystery of how much there is left in the box <laughs> it's a mystery box it's really fun it's odd isn't it because I think I understand with white wine a little bit the need to sort of guzzle it up because it might be taking up fridge space so if you're like there's like sure. I don't know two inches left or five fingerfuls of wine left might as well just take care of it before bed <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just, just, just get it rather done rather than yeah, rather than having it like clog up real estate in the fridge. With red mm. wine, we've all been there. Where we go, well, there's only like a centimetre left. I'll drink it. And it's like, you literally don't need to. It's not like, it's going to go bad if you don't drink it by tonight. Um, it's still not but, great if you keep it for a couple of days. 
red wine. It's fine, mate. It's not. It's, it's absolutely not. fucking fine. It's literally fine. Do you know what? I've got into a really bad habit of like getting to. I think it's a psychological thing of not wanting to say that I've finished the bottle of wine. So mm. I leave approximately mm-hmm. two centimeters at the bottom. But then it's only two centimetres, so I'm not going to finish it. Like, I'm not going to pour myself a thimble of wine. Mm. So then I just have an array of bottles with just, like, tiny little bits of wine left. Oh, I guess really? for, could use for cooking or something. But it's a weird kind of, like, foible that I've got now. Yeah, you've been on, you've been on your own too long. Lockdown yeah. has gone on too long. Yeah. You've developed, you're starting to develop weird ways. Yeah. Well, I've been spending some time with somewhat of a wine connoisseur who swears by bagged wine. Um, <gasps> so you can buy, you know, it's a, like a litre and a half, so two bottles. Legend. Natural wine you can get, like really nice wine. And it's not too expensive. Pop it in the fridge and the rosé never ends. The white wine never ends, whatever it is you're into. So it's bagged the same as boxed, but it's the bag within the box. It essentially is. Yeah, but it comes in a kind of stronger material bag rather than like that kind of foil bag. Um, so the bag itself has a handle, so it's much like kind of like a drip, I suppose. That's exactly in a what I was going to say. Yes, so you can something just... medical. Yeah, it looks really, really similar to that. What's in the box? I also have been to the other end of the spectrum which is buying like a five pound box of wine from tesco which is like four bottles of wine i think's Mm. worth how did it turn Um, out i've had some great times with it not recently like when i was younger well Um, see see that's the thing that that's what i'm saying like listeners may not know but our dad is kind of like fervently he doesn't believe in spending just a crazy amount on wine he finds it frivolous and he claims that he can't tell the difference between, like, you know, Sainsbury's or Tesco own brand Fiverr bottle of wine and, like, a 40-quid bottle of wine. For a lot of the time, I kind of think he's onto something because there's a lot of, like, really, really affordable slash cheap wine out there that, to my palate, is just, like, this is really nice and drinkable. I would do a shout-out quickly to our first ever Glastonbury when we were only wee bairns um, over a decade ago, which is quite scary now. See. And the box of wine that we bought from the Tesco on the way, mm. where we did like our big shop and like got all the booze, got all the food, literally got me through Glastonbury. And obviously immediately you take away the cardboard outer shell, of discard, and then you use the foil inner bag and place it very much like a colostomy bag, sort of inside your cagoule. Mm. Um, and then you have got four bottles of wine on tap for the whole day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it means you go to the loo less than if you were downing beers. beers. Yeah. Um, or being forced to buy, you know, whatever sponsored cider is at the Fezzi. Mm. And it's just a game changer. And it, back then, let's let's just say I did not give a fucking shit to what kind of wine yeah. it was that I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and you wear it like a uh, kind of bulletproof vest type thing so you're completely padded front and back with just bags of wine and yes. I mean just purely from an aesthetic point of view it's it's worth doing because mm. it's so attractive yeah very it's hot. the ultimate festival accessory no one sees it it's under the cagoule which inevitably you will be wearing if you are at a festival in the UK yeah um, and you just have be. a plastic glass <clears throat> you keep reaching down 
and just decanting whenever you want. I think towards the end I did away with the, the container, to be honest. I think it was more yeah. just a deposit into the old mouth, watching yeah. Neil Young. Yeah, and you can, you can also gaffer tape packets of cigarettes all the way up your arm, <laughs> much like the way that soldiers might keep ammunition on their arms. Do they? <laughs> I don't know if soldiers do. I also sellotaped, I'm masking taped uh, packs of twiglets all up my legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the individual twiglets are the yeah, best. Yeah, no, the individual twiglets. <laughs> um, I mean, there's so much you can do and there's probably so much that has been done. Wow, that is so true, Jess. <laughs> there's so much... <laughs> There's so much you could do and there's so much that could be. That's so beautiful. <laughs> let's let's just end the podcast there. Okay. Great to see you guys. Good night. Thank Thanks. you. Oh my god, Bye. you're cutting out. So I'm gonna try and steer this a little bit, guys. Wow. Someone's a control freak. Power mad. <laughs> the last quote unquote episode of this that we did. Um we started off by saying that we were gonna do uh, quiz questions QQ uh, from each of us to each other QQ but of course we waffled on so much that we only got round to Emily's so now I think it's a good idea to do one of ours each and I believe that Jessica has prepped some questions for this ep yeah this is to uh see how well we know each other yeah i've got um i've just got the four questions is that the format that we're sticking to yeah man four and then emily did add some rogue trivia which was very welcome okay i don't know if i've gone that far with it okay i was thinking of more just kind of winging it you do what you do and we'll see what happens disclaimer before i begin I'm not going to ask one of the questions of how many people have I slept with, because that's not for this podcast, okay? <laughs> I know you're dying to know, and by you, I don't mean the people listening, I mean you two. We know. Um, okay. I could tell you and the listeners right here and right now exactly how many people you slept with. <laughs> I could count on one finger the amount of people you slept with. Well, I doubt you could. Um... Oh no, go on. <laughs> <laughs> well... Okay, so I'm going to start with a really nice, innocent, cute question. How many people have I... (laughs) So the the first question for you lovely ladies is, who was... This is to to my memory. It might not actually be true, but to my memory, who was my first crush? (gasps) Oh, God. Okay. Um... Is it a real person that we know, or is it from a TV it's film TV. thing? It's a yeah, Danny yeah. Zuko. Yes, yes. Oh, Millie, very good. <gasps> yes. Oh, oh my, my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Do Do you know what? I I feel like I I remember that time because it it was our lives it's definitely our lives but i think that mine was maybe the same but i think it was pipped to the post by atreyu from uh never ending story mm-hmm, mm-hmm, my first mm-hmm. crush. more attainable yeah <laughs> well less less illegal i mean mm. but let me ask you this jess at what age did you realize that actually kaniki is where it's at 
and you just when you're so young you're just like I I should fancy the lead character right I'll just fancy the lead and I then suddenly you like both them yeah you're like 13 and you're like whoa Kaniki's hot yeah, I was mm. definitely influenced by you whispering in my ear about Fancy Kinnicky because <laughs> you were older. <laughs> you, you were older and you had more refined tastes than me. So you were like, actually, oh, even so, though he's a bit so bit refined. more kind of like ratty, he's actually like cooler. Do you know what? Um, you just you, always you loved know, a bad boy. Total I know. bad boy. Um, Kinnicky had like a lot of issues, I may say, watching it back. I know, yeah, that's why been... when you get to like your... 30s you stop fancying Kaniki and you move on to coach Calhoun who you realize is just like <laughs> the, the ideal man <laughs> just a stand-up guy yeah yeah um I, yeah uh... but I think I did re-watch it I feel like it was with you guys um a few years ago and god Danny Zuko was so fit oh like still is like Kaniki's a total hun Honestly. do not get me wrong but Danny Zuko. It's just mm. out of Still control, got it. isn't it? Like, obviously, he's a caricature of himself now, but back then, Jesus Christ, it was. I, I think that I was like, I think I didn't want to fancy him because I thought that he was like a pretty boy and I thought I didn't want to like conform. But that smile, that fucking smile. Was it when he said, um, you know, rocking and rolling and yeah, whatnot. What <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> Danny, what have you been doing? You know, rocking and rolling and whatnot. <laughs> Cindy. And I remember going to see Greece in the West End. And I think mum and dad must have taken us. And they were like, well, the girls love Greece, so they're going to love this. And I did no enjoy it because well, it not. had Shane Ritchie in it. Shane yeah. Ritchie was Danny and he was also fit and I fancied him. Yeah. But um it just annoyed me and like no one was the same actor as they were in the film, which in my head <laughs> yes. they should have all been the same people and they weren't. Mm. Yeah. And it didn't have the special effects of the film. Um I'm sure it was great, but to the ten year old me or whatever I was, I was not no happy. Livid. Olivia Newton yeah. John. But I think we I still felt... hung around to get like a signed programme off them, obviously. Yeah, I felt the same when I went to see the Button Moon puppet show at um, Watford Palace <laughs> Theatre when I was about four. And I was like, this is not the same or as good as the TV show. What, was it not the same characters from the TV show? I could just tell it was just different. Very liquid bottle with a fucking funnel on its head. It's just different. It's oh, just different. no. There's things were, that you... Were they to scale? I can't remember, Jess. I just remember the feeling of disappointment Aww. and thinking... And looking at my peers and thinking, they're all loving it. What's wrong with me? But that's that's what I felt every time I went to a pantomime, though. And I think all of you felt same. the same. Yeah. Every time I was just like, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I get it, but I think I'm maybe getting it in a different way from everyone else around me who's losing their shit. Like, yeah. it's, it was more just annoying to me. Like I, like, I know that you know that they're behind you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very Do you annoying. think the people in the pantomimes are also annoyed by being in it because they already know what's going to happen? <laughs> no. Anyone in any play ever. <laughs> <laughs> Ian McKellen is livid all the time in every Shakespearean play. I go out there on stage to tell them a story 
that I already know the ending to. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just ludicrous. Dross. Okay, should we um should we go on to the next one? Yeah, yeah, move on to the next one. Well done, Millie. That's one point for you. Thank you so much. I hope you're keeping track because Emily definitely didn't last time. Mm. I'm going to, if you can hear the rustle of paper, this is me saying Millie. Quill and parchment. Juan. Okay, question number two. What was the name of the play, so this is in keeping, Okay. that I did for my A-level drama that I got distinction in, obviously, where I played a sister who had committed incest and also committed murder. I know this one. Murder, she wrote the musical. I wish. I wish. Uh, My sister in this house? Sister in this house? Fuck's sake. I remember it. I remember it so vividly because it was you and Nicola and Hannah and someone else. Meg. Meg were in it and... I remember watching a, you had like a, a tape of it to kind of like study and see another version of it. And it had Jolie Richardson in it and Julie Walters as the kind of maman in it. And it was oh really dark. Yeah, it was harrowing. And how do you remember this? It's etched into my memory. They like stabbed people's eyes out and stuff in it. It was like a really dark yeah, play. It was like, I don't know who came up with the concept that we would do that. I think it was just like the drama teachers just suggest plays for you to do and you go, right, I'll do that one then. Yeah, they normally come up with like a pool of plays to like narrow it down and then... Waiting for Godot? No. Yeah, absolutely not. Death of a Salesman? No. No. Yeah, hell no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So this one had a bit of intrigue and it was like, yeah, this seems pretty cool. And also all female cast, thank you very much. Thank you. So we were four, four gal pals, so we thought, Let's tackle this. And I think we were, let's say, a somewhat dramatic group who <laughs> liked the controversy surrounding this. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was me <laughs> It was me and my sister in the show who were like, I guess we were orphans and we were working as servant girls in this sort of fancy house. And there was like the lady of the house and her spoilt little daughter. And presumably no one else lived there and I can't really remember what happened but I think it was probably like a comment on class and the fact that they treated us shitly Mm. that we started incesting with each other (laughs) but they never showed it (laughs) incesting yeah they they never really showed it I incest with you it was fine (laughs) yeah there was nothing nothing untoward happened but it was all implied I feel like they didn't really do very much. I think they just cuddled because they were quite young. And then they turned on the lady of the house and her spoiled daughter and killed them. Mm. And they, like, gouged out their eyes and stuff and, like, did, like, mad shit to them. Um, and I think we both uh, were hanged. Oh, yeah, because it, it ended with, like, the, the hearing. Wasn't it like a judge reading out, like, what they'd done and what the sentence was? See, yeah. mine, mine was the a play called The House of Bernarda Albert and I remember you watching it Jess and saying like you're really good um Millie but I, I so I played like a matriarch of a family again all female you were cast. amazing it was literally like your godfather uh, um wow um, I remember being like you're really good Millie but you 
had um, a face on the whole time that was like Dennis from EastEnders. Um, <laughs> if any of the listeners remember the short-lived, relatively short-lived <laughs> character of Dennis from EastEnders, I, I, I wish I could explain the facial expression. Yeah. It's very hard without a visual, but I just say a grimace. But that, but it wasn't a criticism because it was necessary for or that. Or like you've got shit smeared underneath your nose, and you're constantly upset about it. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Um, guys, I think that this conversation and these questions are actually um discriminatory against me because I was at university in this period, and so I couldn't possibly have known. Well, if you had on. bothered to give a shit about what I was doing while you were off off your nut at uni for three years you would have come down and watched me be in that play and get distinction yeah what monologue did i do for my a-level drama i know what monologue you did for your auditions do you what? yeah it was viola wasn't it what ring is oh, this oh my god that um, was my shakespeare piece yeah you oh, had no Jess, ring how do you remember that Fortune be fortune favors the brave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember because we had to do it in English. How did it go? He he left none. Fucking hell, can't remember. Wait, what? what I really wait, can't are you, remember. Are you asking what did you do for your A level monologue? Yeah, babes, these are my these are my questions. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know, but 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 now I want to know. Okay, the Jabberwocky. No. I thought so highly of myself as an actor and also that I was like a woman age 17 or 18 or whatever it was that I thought I'd take on Stephen Burkoff. So I did a monologue from, I don't know, something uh, something that required me to basically like simulate masturbation and talk about, you know, sex and like adult themes and... At the time, I thought it was totally fucking wickedly cool. And just in hindsight, I'm absolutely mortified that I did that. And I really, really feel sorry for my tutors who had to sit there and watch me do it. Oh, I bet you were great, though. I was as good as a 17-year-old could have done it. I'll I'll say that. I bet you were great. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you were great, Han. I'm proud of you for taking a leap and um, not being being unafraid. Well, I'm proud of both of you for the plays that I never saw you in. Thank you. Um, Okay, well, this next question might include you too, Em, who very much got me into this. Drugs. When I first started (laughs) drinking, what was my favourite beer? (sighs) So when I first started hanging out in the pubs, downing pints, shit, trying to be cool, what was my tipple of choice? I'm trying to remember everything that would have been on tap at basically the only two bars we went to. Two, three I mean, it's bars not, we went to. Yeah, you'd get to it pretty quickly. It's a beer, right? It's a lager. Yeah. Was it It's a, a shit lager, right, that you don't drink anymore? Uh yes and no it wasn't a bex but bex was definitely there in my early days mm. and still i'm happy you know partial to a bex i think that an entry-level beer is like foster's or carling foster's no. thank you very much one point for emily stop it Revolting. it was foster's fuzzies yep and you're trying to lay the blame for that at my door are you i'm just saying that you were very very present in my early drinking okay well i never ever liked foster's so there 
Okay. No, I'm not saying you got me in specifically into fosters. You just fostered an environment in which I could drink. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nicely done. Fosters, obviously graduating to Stella, then graduating to Cronenberg 64. I was going to say, I, I was going to guess either Stella or Cronenberg. And yeah, and definitely Bex as well, because that was more like when you went to like gigs. I think Bex was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, um, they're all really good. Gimme, gimme more. There's another one here, and both of you, I think, will know this. What did I say to some Americans I met when I panicked and tried to say something to the effect of, cool? I know this. So this is a weird question for someone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, but okay. you guys will know. So we were in America working on tour... And it was some sort of promo situation where I was introduced to some dudes and I was like, hey, and they're like, hey, welcome, how's it going? And I tried to say like, yeah, cool. And I said something very odd. So what I know what you said, but, uh, and I know the reason you said it, it's like you kind of end up, when you're on these promo tours, um, doing like a little script of... Mm. Um, polite kind of chit chat with the many different people that you're seeing that you need to kind of schmooze and mm-hmm. um, so it's just like oh my god yeah oh thank you so much yeah like you like the record or whatever and oh thanks like yeah yeah I've been singing together for ages yeah well parents both musical like not professionally but <laughs> <laughs> yeah knowing about my sisters yeah yeah it's cool you know you just We've say been like singing this... together since oh, since we were kids really I think we yeah, do fight like, over clothes like, like we do like we get on really well they're my best friends but I also want to kill them sometimes like, I yeah. know no it's like Paul Simon and um like Motown the Beatles <laughs> things like that um, so you say all of that stuff and then you're just like, yeah, you know, all oh, tired, like jet lagged, but you know, loving it, really, really grateful to be here, man. All of that shit. And so you met these, these nice guys <laughs> at some radio station and they were like, Hey, how you doing? And we're all like answering. They're both asking questions and we're all sort of answering at the same mm. time in this flurry of like niceties. And I think you tried to say like, yeah, great, thanks, cool, <laughs> wicked, and also, like, yeah, from England, like, from Watford, <laughs> but it just, it ended up that they said, how are you doing? And you went, British! <laughs> <laughs> what it was, which, was I was trying true. to say, I was trying to say a mixture of brilliant and oh, yeah. wicked, and it just came yes. out as British. Yeah, and then I, they went. Ah, and I, went, I remember. <laughs> I remember so vividly seeing it happen and seeing it get glossed over. But but it's I like I think it also just comes from like. You know, sometimes you're so used to social interaction of like, how you greet someone, of like hey how are you doing and then the other person answers or vice versa that I think I've definitely done it before where I've answered before someone's asked how I am yeah you're like hi I'm fine and they're like hey yeah. they haven't actually said cool. how are you and then the kind hey, of flip Ted. side of that is where you just keep asking so you're like hey oh my god how are you doing like yeah I'm fine thanks how are you yeah I'm good how are you mm. yeah yeah I'm all right 
but yeah, fine. <laughs> but two, basically two Americans who I'd never met before asking me how I am and my response is British also takes me back to when I was a child and we were holidaying in Ireland in Cork and I went like roaming through some field like picking blackberries or something and an old farmer like came out and I was like on my own and he came up to me and just said something and I just couldn't understand what he was saying at all and he kept (laughs) saying something and I didn't know if he was angry with me or something and I think I just said like sorry I'm or like I'm English because I thought he wasn't speaking English and so I came home and I was like oh my god mum and dad like this crazy man came out and shouted at me and and then what did you say I just said I'm English (laughs) so they were laughing so much that I just must have walked like waltzed through this farmer's like private land and as soon as he came up to me I went I'm English and just walked off so then 10 years later I find myself meeting some Americans hey British British Um, yeah. Oh. So maybe it's maybe it's in there that old uh, patriotism. <laughs> yeah. Embedded from day dot. Embedded. Um, guys, that takes us up to questions four. So we've got as it stands, Millie with two points and Emily with two. Oh, aye. Thank you very much. I'll take that. So you both know me equally, therefore I love you both equally. Oh my god, that's so good. Thank you. Just before we end this, I wanted to give you some um, some news from your hometown of Watford. Go on. Which I've been keeping an eye on for you too. Thanks, In hun. your absence. And there's been some lovely graffiti that I've noticed recently. Go on. I wonder if it's by the same person. Um, one that I saw the other morning that just said, Hello, I was here with my best friend. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how how unbelievably sweet is that? And then another one that says, if you love someone, you should tell them. And that's it. And it's all like spelt correctly. And how's the handwriting? No, I'm legible, you know. Where did you see it? Uh, one was on a bridge. One was on a sort of, like, a fuse tank. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. So I just think that's a bit of a lift, isn't it? That's nice, isn't it? Oh, if you love someone, tell them. It's just good sense. I thought it was if you love someone, let them go. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you should add to it. If you truly love someone, set them free. Do you remember being in um, America and seeing uh, the quaint thing of the Chamber of Secrets has been opened in the toilet? So good. So good. Classic. Absolute classic. Uh, Shall we say goodbye? Okay, angels. Oh, bye, love. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. I'll speak to you soon. Love you guys. Love you. Bye.